Gambling in the Green and Gold Worldwide on the web at CentexSportsFan.com. This is the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas, the flagship station for Baylor Athletics. With Bears head coach Scott Drew, and I, I don't know about you, I'm pretty nostalgic just thinking about this and the significance of this game. Well, I'm going to uh, wager to say that you come to the Farrell Center several times in January and February on game day. Out <laughs> of habit, so. The John Moore Show is brought to you by Amanda Cunningham, Coldwell Banker Apex Realtor, by Alliance Bank Central Texas, by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, your friend in the car business, and by Diamore Fine Jewelers, 4541 West Waco Drive, where Waco gets engaged. What about uh, those two games, Michigan State and Duke? Uh, team got better from, from Michigan State to Duke and probably better after Duke moving forward. Yeah, so, so much uh, to learn and gain from uh, playing two quality opponents on the road. I mean, uh, road environments, and uh, that will really help us come Big 12 play. It doesn't help us right now, and you're, you're upset with the loss and the outcome, but um, we are a better team for going through that, and hopefully that pays off in uh, uh, the Big 12 play. And, and again, everything is built and geared toward uh, winning the last game of the year. And, uh, to do that, you have to go through uh, success and adversity. And, uh, uh, the last undefeated team was, what, 76, so that doesn't really happen too often. So uh, it's how you handle uh, and what you learn from losses and wins. Uh, that uh, uh, allow you to be successful at the end of the year. Now, from the Alan Samuel Studios, you're listening to the best of the John Moore Show here on ESPN Central Texas, the flagship station for Baylor Athletics. It's the best of the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. I'm Aaron Sexton. John's on vacation all this week as he celebrates the holidays, but we've had some great interviews that he's done over the past few months. We will hear from the voice of the Houston Cougars, Kevin Eschenfelder, about their first year in the Big 12. We will also hear from former Baylor great J.D. Walton, the former All-American center, talks with John about his induction into the Baylor Sports Hall of Fame. But first, we'll hear from another Baylor Athletic Hall of Famer and another former Baylor football great, Cody Carlson. Here's John's conversation with him. You're listening to the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. Now, broadcasting live from the Baylor Club at McLean Stadium, here's the voice of the Baylor Bears, John Morris and Aaron Sexton. Back with us live from the Baylor Club on a big day at the Baylor Club. Last call before football comes up tonight. We'll continue to uh, remind you about that. Seriously, we don't want to miss you miss you to miss the opportunity uh, coming up tonight. Uh, great uh, lowered initiation fee, complimentary dues until October, different membership levels. They can give you all the details, but you get food tonight. You get uh, uh, music by Brian Brown will be here, stadium tours. Mike Mosel was talk, talking about the president's suite. If you've never been in there, um, you know, it'd be worth coming tonight just to get a tour and get in the uh, president's suite. Ask him if they'll take you to the radio booth and see what they say. 
they've got master keys. They can put you in, in there if you'd like. But I think you can see anything you want here at the stadium. Field photos tonight, face painting, princesses, and more all comes up tonight. Uh, oh, yeah, hand massages by uh, tune-up and body massages by Anthony Chiropractic. So a little something for everyone tonight. Last call before football here at the Baylor Club. Pleased to welcome in now one of Baylor's all-time greats, former quarterback uh, at Baylor and the Houston Oilers, Cody Carlson, joins us. And coming to the Baylor Club, yeah. and uh, you were noticing there's a Boy, I tell you what, of activity. You guys right? are getting ready. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Big event tonight. Right. So uh, I know it's going to be successful, and, you know, everybody's ready to – engage again with the university and yeah. watch some sports so this is great good yeah. ti- good timing for it everybody's starting to watch football think football you were at baylor's practice yesterday i was what, what uh when you left there what was top of mind for you um you know that that the heat <laughs> I think it was one, top of mind. Right, right. no no yeah. it's not it's not that bad just just hydrate right but uh even with that nifty bucket hat you had on oh it, oh yeah, yeah i still it. feel okay. i still i think i still got sunburned but uh <laughs> no it it was uh you know you could tell i think the enthusiasm for those players they wanted to be back you know that's what they they train for and they think about during the off season and you could see on the field that you know they're uh they're energized and ready to go yeah. and uh looks like you know this year just talking with a few of the people that know a lot more than i do about it is is just our upside is is greater um you know we brought in some skilled positions and others you know linemen as well that um that really improves our our team yeah so looking forward to seeing them i think you've got a good handle on it you know and you were there uh mostly when the team was indoors smart guy right but they have a little bit outdoors a little bit of indoors when you were here playing that really wasn't an option there there were no no indoors um no cooling trailers right the meat locker Uh, we were on turf so you know but i mean it is hot i mean this summer is hot let's face it uh the temperatures that they're dealing with uh, the lack of, I mean, it's just every day. Um, and so, they, you know, mentally they have to prepare themselves for that as well. Now, I think it's an advantage, you know, particularly when Utah comes down. Right. Utah's a great team. Um, but they have an advantage of being, you know, us training in this heat. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, mentally using that as an advantage as well. And, you know, those guys, I mean, you're tougher when you're young. Right? Those guys didn't seem <laughs> to feel true. it the way that I did. And I wasn't doing anything but watching. Yeah. And the, you mentioned the energy level. Isn't that amazing? I mean, it's yeah. like that all the time. The strength staff really keeps them up. The coaches keep them up. And they they've do. got great energy throughout the whole practice. Yeah, boy, those co- coaches and the intensity that they have and the passion that they have, the love they have for the game, but also those, those athletes. Um, you know, it's infectious. It's good to be around. You know, it uh, is something that it, there's great value in that, those relationships. So it, that was fun to see. Yeah, very cool. All right, season is uh, 23 days away. And uh, what's it like for you this time of year? You played football so long. You've been out a little bit now. but A, a little bit. That's yeah. what I'm saying, a little like, bit. Uh, people, you ask if anyone remember the Oilers. I say <laughs> no. Did. Mike no one remembers the Oilers. <laughs> You've been out a little bit. I've been bit. out a long time, yeah. But this time of year, do you ever kind of get the itch? or? Get oh, the, you know, I did. We walked down. Bit? Yeah, so David Wetzel, right. Coach Wetzel, uh, hosted us yesterday, and we walked by 30 or 40 footballs that were just laying on the field, and I thought about picking one up oh, you should have. and throwing it. Right. 
But then, you know, I didn't have a receiver there. Oh, well, Wetzel. Wetzel. Yeah, 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 but he can't. He's too old. That's right. He's like us. No, it's uh, – no. I mean, I th- that was that was great okay. while it lasted. Right. But, right. you know, every once in a while I'll I'll do something sporting. But uh, right. i got to be a little bit more careful these days. What do you do? I mean, you're, you're in great shape. What do you do to stay in? I swim okay. a lot. Okay. I do – unfortunately, I have to do bands for my shoulders okay. just to keep them from – from hurting so i every day i do something wow. that uh, you know and then my you know barbara who you know my wife yeah. um you know she puts pretty good food healthy food nice. on the table yeah. and kind of uh coaches me up on nice. on what i should eat as does terry morris so yeah very good yeah it's we good to have them. isn't it yeah very not much always so. like weekends <laughs> come on give me a give me a steak or something you know you think back to your days at baylor 83 to 86 and uh you reminded me yesterday jerry hill was out there on a crutch he's down from two crutches to yeah. one but you had knee surgery your freshman year i did you? yeah so it, it was an injury that i actually uh tore meniscus when i was in fifth grade playing basketball really and they didn't operate on kids that young so um so i just kind of dealt with some measure of pain most of the time even when i was young and got here to baylor and was in the weight room doing squats and the cartilage just got you know stuck in my knee and i couldn't straighten it out so i thought it was and everyone thought it was probably just a meniscus tear that they'd be able to repair arthroscopically. Uh, but they ended up removing it. Mm. And so I didn't have a, a medial meniscus mm. for kind of, well, I still don't, but, mm-hmm. you know, from that point forth. Yeah. Uh, Jim Bowden did a great job repairing it. But I was like Jerry on crutches for three, four months, yeah. uh, non-weight bearing. So that was a rude awakening Coming to the next level, you know, makes you a little bit insecure anytime you're hurt. You always feel like you're not contributing. Mm. Uh, as a freshman, it's particularly tough because you're really not contributing. <laughs> uh, you know, not with leadership or anything else. So that was kind of a uh, – but, it, you know, it, it healed. And yeah. you just hang in there and do the rehab. Uh, Mike Sims made sure that uh, – and Skip Cox that mm-hmm. we were doing – what we needed to do to get back on the field. That's great. Especially so you were there as a freshman in a pretty good, pretty heated quarterback competition. Yeah. Right? You and Tom Mickey, and there were probably some others involved in that. There were. I mean, there were, we had senior quarterbacks as well, David Mangrum and Mike Brannon. Yep. Um, both those guys had, had played. Mike had played quite a bit. Um, Tom ended up uh, playing later in the year and lost his red shirt. I mean, unfortunately um, – you know, in some games that that were competitive, but uh, you know, so he actually, you know, knew a little bit more about college football and playing football at the college level the next year when we both shared. Gotcha. And so it was great to, you know, to pick his brain and to have. I mean, he's a great guy, very composed, very smart, yeah. uh, very good friends. So we we worked well together and we informed each other on on what we saw or what we thought would help. And really, it took you you two guys and your personalities and your team-first attitude to make that quarterback shuttle work, right? I mean, that that's not going to work you most know, places. I don't know. I mean, we weren't given a choice, <laughs> right. right? So right. I don't know. You know, Tom, I always thought Tom was much nicer than me, and so he might have. <laughs> I, but I doubt that he liked it very much sure. either at you first. You both wanted to play. You both wanted to start. Right. And so, yes, we got it, but, but part of that was because – 
coach staff said this is the way it's going to be, and it's also good for the team. Mm-hmm. And so just the culture that's around around here, that was here then, that is here now as well, uh, with leaders that are thoughtful, um, very unique in the college f- football world, um, that cultivate that bigger idea, right, of something bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so Grant was very strategic and brilliant. He made Tom and I sweet mates our oh, freshman year. And so – yeah. Couldn't get away from each other. <laughs> couldn't talk behind each other's back. Yeah. You know, it was uh, it was a good relationship. That's a smart move. Yeah. Coach Taff, of course, the head coach. Cotton Davidson was your your mm. coach, your position coach. Cotton passed away uh, within the past year. Yeah. What a great guy. I know how much respect all you guys who played for him under him have. Loved him. Yeah. Just absolutely loved him. And he was, he was much like Tom. He was a fierce competitor but a really, really kind soul. Mm. And, uh, you know, Cotton was that way. I mean, you knew that he was serious when you'd see that gleam in his eye, that sparkle. He'd stare at you and stare right through you. Yeah. But he didn't raise his voice. He instructed you um, clearly. He worked well with the other coaches on the staff. Um, yeah, it was, it was a great experience. Do you remember the first time you ever, I mean, came to the realization, maybe looked up uh, Cotton, Wikipedia didn't exist then, but right. like looked up, oh, gosh, look what this guy has Gosh, done. it wasn't during my career. It really wasn't? No. Huh. No, I mean, I knew he played in the NFL, but right. he, you know, arguably, and maybe, maybe it's inarguable, mm-hmm. the best professional quarterback to come out of Baylor. I don't know that anyone had a better pro yeah. Yeah. Uh, career than right. Cotton Davidson. Right. So, you know, after you kind of get out and you could tell that he knew how to throw the ball. He loved to throw the ball. Yeah. So he'd throw 100 passes during practice. Every day. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But then it was just studying him a little bit more as I kind of appreciated, you know, the role that he had and what he had been through Um, and, and just had a tremendous career. But he was very understated about that as well. That stretch you were here, that uh, those two seasons, 85-86, back-to-back, really before the re- a more recent stretch, those were the best back-to-back years Baylor ever had. I mean, a, uh, a Liberty Bowl win over LSU in 85, a, a Blue Bonnet Bowl win over Colorado in 86, right. really two great seasons. We, we had a very strong team, and it was very balanced. Yeah. Uh, it was day and age where um, – you know, it was it was pretty balanced offense, and it was very balanced on defense. We had guys I mean, that had long NFL careers that were kind of, I don't know, maybe a little bit overlooked while they were here at Baylor. But they just, you know, you have Thomas Everett and Ron Francis in the same defensive backfield. But Johnny Thomas, who played eight, nine years in the league, Renee Thompson as well. Um, Ray Berry is a linebacker. Um, you know, Irvin Randall. We had guys on that those two teams they were outstanding and and overlooked as recruits as well Mm -hmm. you know thomas was deemed too small to play um in college football by most of the schools but probably pound for pound he and gerald mcneil were probably the you know pound for pound the best football players i've ever seen wow so Thomas went on to win the inaugural Jim Thorpe Award. First mm-hmm. year of that, uh, Thomas right. Everett won that. Visiting with Cody Carlson, former Baylor quarterback, mentioned for, former Oilers quarterback. 
When I said Oilers, Mike Mosel piped up with "Love You Blue." How much, right. how much do you? Uh, well, he's the only one over forty in here, <laughs> except for us. You might be right, <laughs> but how much do you run into people who uh, remember the the Oilers glory? Days? Yeah, it's mostly appreciated in like vintage clothing now. <laughs> right. You'll see the oil Derek and. Wait, you had a T-shirt one time recently when I saw you. Did I? Did I have an Oilers T-shirt, t-shirt yeah, on? Yeah, I, was, I was. Yeah, you're the only one that. Appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciated that at all. <laughs> that yeah. was fun. I, I, I tell the story, um, my daughter, who went to Georgia, so we had a great – you actually interviewed us yeah, before Anna, the Sugar Bowl. Right. Anna's tremendous, uh, great daughter. We had a great a blast until the game started, <laughs> of course. But, um, no, we actually competed well in that. But uh, she had a sorority night. It was jersey night. And so you wear your favorite jersey to the party. Nice. And she went online – to uh, find a Carlson oiler jersey, right. and she, you know, hunted for weeks. Right. She finally found one for, for on eBay for $30. Oh. Yeah. She negotiated the guy down to five. <laughs> five dollars. Yeah. yeah. She, you know, I know the guy. He's yeah. not worth 30 yeah, That's great. Yeah, that's but great. she sent me a picture of her at yeah. the party with the Carlson jersey on. I so that it. was, yeah. I would. That I was would, fun. I would pay double that for one of those jerseys. <laughs> at least. Beyond that, you're you're back here in Waco. You're you and Barbara are back here in Waco, and yeah. you're working now with Startup Waco, uh, yeah. with GXG. How do you like that? Yeah, I love it. Love yeah. the you know the culture and the and the you know even the um, the priorities that we have, the the mission that we have, and and really Startup Waco exists to uh, to promote economic development in the city by helping entrepreneurs and small businesses thrive. So that was what it was launched with, and we have great partners in the city and the county and, and businesses in the community, um, and that's very, very important for the sustained growth of Waco, um, and, it's, and it's important for the culture of Waco as well. And so we do a lot of programming with um, minority and women-owned businesses as well. We're starting to launch some other lines of kind of scalable businesses, which is really exciting to, uh, to look at businesses that are growing up that can, that can be kind of invested in hmm. so that's great as well um we do work on the student athlete side as well so when when nil came out i mean it was baylor and everyone else was in this area was pretty cautious because the university has a, a distinct mission uh nil is something that is unregulated um but at the same time we kind of understood that it's important for these student athletes to have an understanding of certain principles in business certain skills that they'll need to develop in order to be employed later on um, and they do a great job of that over on the campus and so we really acted as a kind of a educational partner to them but we also because of the the experience that our staff has because of the mission that we have we're able to help them develop their own brand and their own business if if that's what they chose to to do so we viewed it as 500 new student athlete entrepreneurs over on the campus side great approach and uh it's been great to you know to be able to interact with them to be able to kind of give them a vision for the future um everybody's days are going to be over you know playing days will be over eventually so then what what can we learn in the meantime so that we have our options and uh and so it's great to be in that space. Cool. You've got the right 
uh, experience and the right heart and uh, love for Baylor, but uh, I want to support student athletes and and others. You know, you're the perfect guy for this. And you well, know. it's it's uh, yeah, it's a blessing for me. Yeah, I mean, I you know working with the university and you know we moved back six years ago and and the the closer you get to the university, the the more you get to know the people, you get to know the students that choose to come here, and there's a very you know for a common thread throughout most. And and it's and it's really great to be around because you see a lot of values driven, a lot of mission, Christian mission driven individuals, and the programs that grow up around that are are thoughtful. The people that teach on the campus side, and even the the city itself and the way it interacts. It's not that we don't have problems mm-hmm. in you know in every sector. But we also have this belief in one another and a belief in what is is good and true. And uh, if we keep that as the center, then, you know, it, it's, um, you know, it's a great place to, to live and to work. Love it. That's great. Well, great to see you. Appreciate you being here today. Go get Barbara. Bring her back for this uh, last call before football. It's a fun night tonight. I will do that. I'll see if I can get her to dress up. Yeah. <laughs> No, she's. Uh, I don't know how much you'd have to dress up. No, she does. She's beautiful, even if she's well, dressed yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's going to be a fun night here this evening. Yeah. Uh, it will be. Yeah, I, I, I'll take this back. Yeah, can I have a flyer? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I will do that. Mention Mike it. Mosel's name, not mine, but Mike Mosel's name, and uh, okay. that'll get you to the front. That'll get line. you in the door. All right. <laughs> All right. That Good to see you, man. Great. I appreciate right. you. Thanks, Thanks very much. much. All right. Uh, one other question. Byron Weathersby says, uh, ask you the question, who is the best number 14 quarterback to ever play at Baylor? Um, I'm just trying to think. I don't remember. I remember Bryce Petty. <laughs> and I know I wore. Yes, Am I did. missing? Am I missing anyone? There, is there, there, was there, an is old, there another one? There was an won, older guy. He won a Southwest Conference Championship. What was his name? Yes, yes. Neil, Neil Jeffrey. No, no. Oh, it was Neil, Jay it was Jeffrey. Jay Jeffrey. That's right. That's right. Yes. So, of course, Jay Jeffrey was the best. Oh, there you go. Very good answer. Yeah. Very good. And I'll tell you, Bryce Petty next week. <laughs> <laughs> you wore it well. Appreciate uh, you being here. Jay's a good good man. Jay's a good man. And I know guy. you know him well. Yes, and, very much so. Uh, he's, he was a great leader, yeah. uh, you know, great teammate to all. So. Pretty good history with that number 14. Yeah. Yeah, well, Jay, I mean, I used to practice the Jay Jeffrey when he would cross the goal line. Yeah. He would raise both Arms hands up. up yep, with, yep. I practiced that in high school. Because Did you really? he was Oh, I was – Watching him as much as I could. You're so. saying he is older than you, then? Yeah, much older. Much. much. Yeah, much older. <laughs> <laughs> Good to see you. Have All a great right. day. Thanks, Jeff. All right, Cody Carlson with us, former Baylor, a great quarterback. Uh, some of you will remember the poster, Commander Cody and the Bomb Squad. That's a classic. That would be more than $5 on eBay for that poster. Two ninety nine. <laughs> okay. But a memorable poster uh, and really a great career here and then in the pros. And now we are very fortunate to have him back in Waco, Cody Carlson. From the Allen Samuel Studios, you're listening to the best of the John Moore Show here on ESPN Central Texas, the flagship station for Baylor Athletics. You're listening to the John Morris Show on ESPN Central Texas.
It's time now for a visit with an electee to the Baylor Athletic Hall of Fame. Here's John Morris with one of Baylor's all-time greats. We look forward to the Baylor Athletics Hall of Fame and Wall of Honor Banquet comes up November 3rd in Waco. And uh, over the next few weeks, we will visit with the electees to the Hall of Fame and Wall of Honor this year. We begin today with one of Baylor football's all-time greats headed into the Hall of Fame, former Baylor center J.D. Walton, who joins us now. And J.D., congratulations to you. I think we uh, traded text, but tell you in person, congratulations on being selected to the Baylor Athletic Hall of Fame. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. It's a huge honor and very excited about it. Uh, man, you deserve it. That is so cool and, and a great honor for you. What was that like uh, when you get the call from Walter Abercrombie that you've been selected for the Hall of Fame? Uh, you know, it was very exciting for the wife and I and my boys. We were sitting outside, sitting at the pool, having a good time swimming. Right. You know, the phone rang and answered it. It was, you know, honestly the last thing we expected or, you know, it was, it was very, very awesome. That's nice. You don't, you don't expect to get a call every day, right? That says you're going into the Baylor Athletics Hall of Fame. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Very nice. I had, uh, to be honest, I'd kind of forgotten you transferred to Baylor from Arizona State. W- what was that like, um, uh, that transfer? And how, how did you choose Baylor? Um, yes, sir. Uh, so, yeah, my first year went out to Arizona State. They wasn't a great fit. And back then, you I don't know, it might be the same nowadays, but you had to open yourself up to, like, the Big 12, Conference USA. And I think those were honestly the only two that I opened myself up to to transfer because I knew I wanted to come back closer to the house. And, um, you know, it all I went down and met Coach Morris at the time and shook his hand, and we talked for a little bit. And, he was like, well, we start June 6th, if you can be here. <laughs> and I said, well, heck yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> Come on down. we got a spot for you. You came in and started 36 consecutive games at center for the Bears and uh, paved the way for, uh, well, Robert Griffin III and Jay Finley and company. And uh, you were a big part of that success, really, really turning the program around at that point. Yeah, that was – we weren't there for any of the good stuff, but we still – like, we had something in it to start it off. Um, you know, Browse came in and did an amazing job. And the way he recruited and their, all the good things that he put into the program and all the, the places he took it. Um, but, yeah, you know, playing with RG3. and there, I mean, there's a 150 guys I could list off that were awesome to play with. I know you weren't there before, but could you feel things uh, shifting? I mean, feel things moving in the right direction and, you know, knew that a breakthrough was right around the corner? Yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, you could tell from the just the different types of guys and the bigger and the faster and stronger guys that were starting to be recruited and coming into the uh, facility. It was, yeah, you could definitely see a change in the change in the atmosphere and the um, – just all around the building was different whenever Browns had gotten there. And, J.D., I remember, uh, I mean, the years you were here and you we got to a bowl game, I guess the year after you left, um, would have been nice if you'd been able to, to have a part of a bowl season. But, I mean, the years you were here, it paved the way for those teams that then started making bowl trips regularly. Yeah. No, they were, shoot, they went on a run there for a while of yeah. bowl games and great bowl games and, you know, it's it's unfortunate, but heck, you know, I 
I got to experience Baylor and, you know, the football and all that aspects of it. And there's nothing I would trade it for. Out of Allen High School, you know, prior to college, uh, what was that high school li- experience like for you there at uh, Allen Junior College? Yeah, Allen <laughs> is, is something of its own class down out here in this part of the of Texas. And, you know, it was, it was kind of the same deal there. You know, I was part of the classes that made it to the state semifinals and then mm. the second, third round and lose to the state champions. And then after I leave, it's like, boom, now there's the – state championships and all that good stuff that they had going on. So what you're saying is you you helped pave the way uh, a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Or I could have just been holding them back. (laughs) I don't think that's it. (laughs) That's not it at all. J.D. Walton is with us, uh, selected to the Baylor Athletics Hall of Fame after Baylor on to a very nice pro career. I remember you most with the Denver Broncos. Um, What was that experience in Denver like for you? It was awesome. Yes, sir. We, um, wife and I, we were out there and started, I think it was like 40 or 45 games in a row until I broke my fracture, dislocated my ankle and that kind of put it off to the side. But I mean, dude, we love Denver. We still go up there once, twice a year. Um, we've got great, uh, friends up there and, uh, man, we love the, the organization. They still take care of us and invite us to games and it's a, it's a great place. Very cool. Well, that's great. Great pro career. And uh, tell everybody where you are now and what you're doing now post-football. Now we live up North Dallas and Prosper. And I am uh, coaching at a high school about 15, 20 minutes away, Frisco Centennial. Oh, nice. And, um, yep, doing all line up here and enjoying my time. Jeez, that's great. Very good. Uh, And we have a mutual friend. You don't know this, but your son plays, I think, on a select baseball team with a friend of ours, um, uh, Jeremy and Courtney Eads' son, um, is on, I think, the same baseball team, right, with your son? They're flag football team. Flag football, okay. We play three or four sports with them, yeah. Very cool. That's good, yeah, because they live up in Prosper also. So, very cool. And uh, it is great to catch up with you, and uh, we will see you at the banquet in November. Now, if you're coaching high school football, this is a banquet on a Friday night. Um, you going to be able to make it? Absolutely. Really? I Good. I have to miss one game. So Wow. It's not like Hall of Fame comes around a lot. So <laughs> I'm not going to miss it. That's good. Who's the head coach there? At your high school. Uh, Matt Webb. All right, very good. Will you tell him thanks for us for uh, letting you off to, to be there for the induction banquet? That'll be really cool. We'll see you then and and, uh, and, and certainly uh, look forward to connecting in person then. But congratulations to you. Great honor and very deserving to be selected to the Baylor Athletic Hall of Fame. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, and we're very excited about it. Very good. Talk to you again soon. Thanks, J.D. Yes, sir. All right. J.D. Walton, former Baylor football great, center for the Bears, and the electee and electee to the Baylor Athletics Hall of Fame. The banquet is November 3rd in Waco, and tickets are available now. You can contact the uh, B Association, uh, either Walter or Tammy in the B Association at 254-710-3045, or you can email Tammy at Tammy underscore Harden, H-A-R-D-I-N, at Baylor.edu. They've got uh, single tickets. They've got table sponsorships, several levels, um, all of that. She could get, she could give you the details. But the banquet is 630 on Friday, November 3rd in the Cashin Building banquet room 
on the Baylor campus. Great spot to host this banquet. Uh, you can look out over campus on a Friday evening in November. And uh, really, really nice that J.D. Uh, will be able to be there. I mean, coaching high school football, you could, uh, you know, you could completely understand if he said, no, we got a game that Friday night. I can't be there. But uh, really, really cool that he's going to do make the extra effort to be there. Yeah, that's a real, real problem as far yeah, as, you know. Yeah, exactly. As far as scheduling. I mean, coaches, you, you just don't, don't miss games. Right. Hardly, but. You do in this case. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> to get inducted into the Hall of Fame, you, you do in this case. Like he said, that doesn't come around every day. No, so. that's exactly right. That's nice. So we'll continue our visits with the uh, the class going into the Baylor Athletics Hall of Fame over the next few weeks. Uh, it is a great class representing six different sports. The others going into the Hall of Fame, in addition to J.D. JD Walton, Ken Quisenberry from football, Tiffany Townsend, Sandy Forsyth-Massey from women's track and field, Dennis Lukach, men's tennis, Stan Curry from men's track and field. Also, Max Muncy still going with the L.A. Dodgers. He's going into the Baylor Athletic Hall of Fame. And a guy named Pat Nunley is going into the Athletics Hall of Fame. <laughs> I could not yeah, I be that happier. Guy. Exactly. Well-deserved also. Uh, could not be happier for him and the entire group. George Chandler, a former tennis letter winner, will be the latest addition to the Bee Association Wall of Honor. So, From the Allen Samuel Studios, you're listening to the best of the John Moore Show here on ESPN Central Texas, the flagship station for Baylor Athletics. Back with us, uh, dual meaning there, dual purpose. It's the Rob Sellers Funky Bump of the Day on this Friday. Also ties into uh, Houston with Archie Bell and the Drells. Who could not get into that? So, Rob, there's the Rob Sellers Funky Bump of the Day. Leads us into our guest. It is Kevin Eschenfelder from Houston. And, Kevin, you're a busy man, and we appreciate your time this afternoon. How are things going? Hey, things are going great. You got me a theme song and everything. There you go. That is uh, okay. That's your theme song. Then Nick, every time we have you on, you're going to hear Archie Bell and the Drells. Hey, thanks for being with us. Uh, you're hot and heavy into baseball. I know that right now. But had the thought of having you on with the official entry of the University of Houston in the Big Twelve at midnight tonight. Um, what's the what's the pulse uh, on the U of H campus and with U of H athletics? Well, I think it's uh, I think it's a very exciting time. Goes without saying, and I know it sounds cliche, but uh, really, people are pumped up. There's so many people that have have waited so long for this uh, for this opportunity, and I know they're going to have a they're going to have a, a big uh, a big ceremony tonight at midnight. They're going to have a, a toast that uh, you can live stream. Uh, Cougar fans can live stream, and, uh, including uh, Renu Couture and Chris Pesman and and Tillman Fertitta, and uh, they're going to so they're going to do it right. And 
it's, it's, it's obviously it's a big deal. It's, it's a step in the right direction for, for an athletic program that is, uh, that's, that's really worked hard. And I give a tip of the cap to, to the administration and uh, all the way from the top to, to the bottom that, uh, that's made this happen. That's pretty cool. That's cool to hear about. So will that draw a big crowd in person at midnight tonight, or is it mostly aimed toward a, a live stream crowd? I think it's, it's more of a live stream crowd. Gotcha. Is what they're doing so everybody can be together, uh, albeit virtually at the same time, though, but uh, everybody can share in, in, that, uh, in that moment. That's great. All right, you've been around a while. You're a good person to ask this. Uh, you, you go back to Southwest Conference days through the Big 12, now into the Big 12 for U of H, and, and it's your alma mater. Uh, what are your thoughts personally about joining the Big 12? Well, I, I think it's it's fantastic. It's something that, uh, you know, there's that sense of, uh, with all due respect to, to where they had been in the past, it, it just wasn't the same as it was when the Southwest Conference, and, and old-timers like you and I, we, we missed the days of the Southwest Conference and uh, and that that those rivalries and uh, you know it's just it's difficult to uh, you know to judge where your football program is when when you uh, when you play in games that that just don't seem to have the same that that same spark because you don't have the, the it sounds so disrespectful to other schools but sure. I mean they played Temple in the first ever conference championship game uh, and. Temple sold seventy five tickets. It's just you know this is this is a deal where now you got you've got the rivalries across the street. Uh, you know you've got people that you got TCU fans that you, that you have neighbors, Baylor fans that you have neighbors. Uh, so uh, yeah, that, that's gonna I think that's gonna just it sparks interest and in, in, in everybody. Uh, it's gonna be certainly a sense of pride uh, that they used to get be a part of this. That's pretty cool to hear. Uh, it's going to be fun. It is, you know, like you said, for you and I, it's kind of a, a reunion, you know, a renewal <laughs> of a pretty good rivalry between Baylor and U of H through the years. It, it really is. And you get back to, John, you know all too well, these, these kids between seven-on-seven seven tournaments and, and, and whether it's AAU in basketball or travel teams in baseball, whatever, these kids have known each other. Now they're going to be playing against each other and with each other uh, and they've been doing that since they were they were teenagers, or since they were kids, I said before they were teenagers. And uh, so they they have those rivalries that, that they can run through, and and those are the kind of things that they're going to carry on for the rest of their lives. And I think that's something that uh, a lot of the U of H athletes they missed out on for that that span between the days of the Southwest Conference and now going into the Big Twelve is being able to to have those. By the time you know when you're 50 years old, to be able to go back and look at those days, I, I know. My, my broadcast partner, Ted Pardee, you know, his dad, Jack Pardee, was the head coach at the yeah. University of yeah. obviously a great NFL player in the Oilers. Uh, you know, he and, and Chris Pesman, the athletic director at U of H, they can go back and uh, they can talk about playing Texas and they can talk about the, the great games that they had against Baylor and things like that. And you just have that camaraderie and, and that rivalry with, with, with people that you live around and, and are friends with. And I think that's something that these kids are, uh, these kids have missed over the last uh, you know last couple of decades, and it's uh, going to be something that changes obviously now. Kevin, uh, U of H basketball is blowing and going under Kelvin Sampson. We've seen them. Baylor's seen them recently uh, at a very high level. What about U of H football? Where, where do you feel like the program is as far as their readiness to step into Big Twelve competition? It's a good question, John, and, and, and it's I don't mean to straddle the fence, but it's one of those with. with to me, with the transfer portal, mm-hmm. I just don't know. Uh, you know, they lost Alton McCaskill, who was one of the best freshman running backs in the country a couple of years ago. He lost, he missed last year with a knee injury. 
Uh, he transferred out after after spring practice. I, you know, that's just one player, but they got a lot of guys in. So I don't know. They, do they need to be better? Uh, obviously, they need to be much improved from where they were a year ago. A team that that, that lost their final regular season game and uh, you know had to score late to beat uh, beat Louisiana in a, in a bowl game. So there's no doubt. I'm not sure. To tell you. They need to be. It needs to be a marked improvement because let's face it, the level of competition has gone up dramatically. Uh, but I, I'm going to reserve, you know, reserve judgment with this day and age of people coming in, and, and you know that transfer portal works both ways. And uh, you know, you bring guys in, you just don't know what you have and what, uh, you know, what, what you're losing and what you're getting. So I'm going to let it get through a few practices in August and see where they are. They've got a new quarterback who was a quarterback at uh, Texas Tech last year. You know, used to be John, we would we do these games and we'd go at our spotter boards and we'd say what. what what hometown they were from now it's going to be where they played last year <laughs> that's right yeah. i mean it's like you know it's uh you know three agent out of texas tech or whatever you yeah know, it's just uh it's, it's it's strange how the game has changed but uh, we all evolve it changes and, and uh, we go on yeah, that's true what uh what do you think about the schedule uh u of h's football schedule the way it played out well, you hit the ground running. Yeah. <laughs> conference play against the team that played for a national championship a year ago. So uh, it is a home game. Uh, it's it's going to be – the thing is that it's going to be so enjoyable to me is that, uh, you know, you got Texas at home. Mm-hmm. You have, you, you, uh, you're going to be in a situation where you're going to get uh, – uh, spark so much more interest uh, around the city, uh, things like that. There's this – you know, knowing that TCU is coming in for a conference opener is just going to be it's got a little more, it's got a little more to it than uh, again, with all due respect to, to you know Tulsa or Tulane or whomever. Uh, it's just it's just a different uh, it's just a different animal, and it's going to be a different feel. Would you say U of H fans are most excited uh, looking at the schedule, maybe this year, but then beyond also uh, of getting Texas at home? I mean that that may be a one year deal this year, but would that kind of you know pique their interest the most? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, no doubt. I mean, it's Houston, you know, this city is, is you know, there's probably more, I, I don't know if there's more A&M or more Texas alumni in this city than, than you know, Houston and U of H is, is right there with those two, but, uh, you know, you've got not just the alumni, but you've got the fans of Texas and things like that. So, yeah, that's one of those where you kind of put your, if you're a Houston Cougar, you, you put your back against the wall. That's when you, those are the games you obviously uh, you're going to be the most uh, interested in and the ones that you, you've always wanted to be uh, a part of those games over the last few years. Very cool. Let's switch gears, uh, ask you about a big series this weekend, Astros in Arlington to take on the Rangers, top two teams in the uh, American League West. What do you think about the series? Uh, it's going to be one of those situations where the Astros, it would depend. Baseball is the uh, the great equalizer, the 162 games, man. It's just one of those deals where anything can happen, and it usually does in baseball. Uh, best team could beat the worst team on any given night. It's not like the NBA or the NFL. Just you, Those things just don't happen very often. But, uh, you know, Astros have scored 24 runs in the last two games. Uh, neither one of these teams have been playing very well over the last couple of weeks. Uh, but, you know, you just see how it plays out. John Gray goes. We'll see if we can get him back. But we dropped uh, Kevin Eschenfelder. Let's see if we can uh, get him back on just to give a formal goodbye. But great to visit with him again. U of H football play-by-play and uh, AT&T Sportsnet uh, pregame, postgame for the Astros and for the Houston Rockets. So a guy that is really busy and busy this time of year. And we got him back.
Nah, I think we've lost him. All right, so we'll move on. Thanks, uh, thanks to Kevin Eschenfelder. Again, very busy. Astros-Rangers begin a series tonight in Arlington, and a big series there. So uh, top two teams in the uh, American League West separated right now by five games going into the series against each other. Thanks to Kevin for being on with us. Let's take a break. When we come back, check in. Another of the uh, new locations for a new Big 12 school. Let's go to Orlando. We'll visit with Mark Daniels, play-by-play voice for the UCF Golden Knights. We'll visit with him. Coming up, John Morris Show. 